Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to episode number six of Animalators, curious conversations from the world of animation. Today on the show, we have Troy Church. Troy is the senior experience designer on the Adobe XD team, where he has spent the last 10 years working with the Adobe After Effects team. Prior to Adobe, Troy worked at companies like Electronic Arts and Strata 3D and obtained a master's degree in human-computer interaction design from Indiana University, which he uses every day with the Adobe team, as well as occasionally to teach uh, some college courses. Today, we'll get into a little bit of what it's like behind the scenes working on the tool that most of us use every day, and also get a look into Troy's unique perspective on our industry over the last decade. It's all coming up on this week's episode of Animalators. Well, Troy, thanks so much for uh, taking time out of your day and, and being on Animalators. Thank you. Very cool to be here. I've listened yeah. to every episode. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Yeah. I like podcasts and I, I love the, the industry. So, Oh, sweet. That combination of topic and, and medium works well for me. Ah, perfect. Yeah. So you and I, I think we met for the first time. We actually, um, me and some other people at Identity, we did a shoot out in Seattle. And then uh, you guys invited us over to your place, uh, the After Effects offices. And we kind of got, you guys gave us the whole tour and it was super fun. Yeah, that's been a couple of years now, but that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can get back out there again. Um, but yeah, but I'm, I'm curious. I'd like to get maybe into your, a bit of your backstory and how you came to work at Adobe and stuff. But first, I, I know you are the, the senior experience designer uh, at After Effects at Adobe. Um, so like, could you maybe kind of just give us like, what, what does that mean? Like, what is, what is kind of your role uh, at Adobe? Sure. I'm an interaction designer for Adobe. Technically, um, I'm part of the Adobe uh, XD team, which stands for experience design. And okay. uh, across Adobe, you know, across the whole company of Adobe, we've got uh, 70 to 100 people. It ranges and varies at time of designers, researchers, user experience people. Um, and uh, our job is to make these products as wonderful and desirable and usable and, and, and magic as they can be from the user's point of view. And yeah. uh, so I'm an, inter I'm an interaction designer. Um, I was, um, for a long time, I made my living as a motion graphics artist for a while, not a long time, but I guess a long yeah. time. And uh, at one point I decided I'm going back to school. I should have finished a four-year degree and <laughs> I went back, finished a, <laughs> degree in film and then went on for a master's degree in human computer interaction. And uh, so I'm part of the XD team um, in one sense, but really day to day, I'm part of the After Effects team. And I sit with okay. the After Effects team and the engineers and the testers, the quality, quality engineers. And uh, I'm the only designer on the team. Oh, wow. Um, and we... We visualize, or I visualize, lots of possibilities for how this product could work and could be better. And um, we are trying to literally envision the future of the products and services at Adobe. If yeah. you look at, at if you look at the experienced designers across the company, and very few of the XD people are focused on one particular product all the time. Um, oh, but but I'm deeply embedded, embedded with the After Effects team. Um, you know, Photoshop, Premiere, some of the bigger apps have got a f uh, people that all they do is focus on that. And that's primarily what I do. I help with some other uh, projects, some of which um, you've heard of, some of which you haven't. And, hmm. 
So yeah, I visualize the future of the product, and sometimes that's both what the app looks like and 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 feels like when you use it, but but um, the behavior of it. What happens next? I do this. I see this. I click this button. I spend a lot of time working with uh, motion designers, talking to them about how they accomplish what they do, or filmmakers, and how they where the shortcomings are, where the pain points are. How can we make those things better? And that's a uh, that's a very collaborative um, it, a process to come to something that really serves their needs. And yeah. I'm a part of that. Engineering is a part of that. Everybody uh, on the team is a part of that, honestly. Yeah. So, like, what what is that kind of daily experience like kind of working with the After Effects team then? Yeah. So, a fairly small, lean team uh, in After how, Effects. How big? How many people? Oh, it's it's hard to say this is only the After Effects team because there's research groups and other outside teams we interact okay, with yeah. a lot. But, you know, th- there's not more than 25 of us ever usually in, oh, wow. one, in yeah, that, one big group. To me, that seems small. I, I mean, I, I don't really have, you know, I don't know what I would compare that against, but that, that does seem like a, a pretty tight tight crew. Yeah, it's a tight crew. And <laughs> I'm drawing an arbitrary line there, which I, I feel bad because I, I know I'll leave some people out, but there's certainly sure. lots of other groups we interact with every single day across the, the digital video organization, which includes uh, pr- primarily Adobe Premiere and Audition. Mm-hmm. Um, but we inter- also integrate and talk all the time with, with Photoshop and Illustrator and the other teams. But my experience is that if you get a s- the smaller uh, and more gelled for lack of a better word the smaller and smaller and more cohesive the team the better the communication and the quicker you can make progress yeah uh, and so yeah we're, we're we're a little bit guarded about that we don't like <laughs> to get too giant you know communication yeah. gets harder yeah for sure <laughs> but as far as the day-to-day um it depends on where we are in the cycle you know we used to release every year or so and the cycle had this more of a yearly cadence to it but with Mm -hmm. the creative cloud you know over the last three or four years we've shifted to this uh, creative cloud business model which has had tons of impact in how we build and test and ship and deliver software and uh, how we market it everything anyway the the creative cloud business model has changed that cadence so um, now it still de- my day still depends on where we are, are in the cycle, but we might have more than one thing going at once. Now we might just be shipping a big release, like if it's springtime and it's it's around NAB and we got a big trade show coming up and we know we're yeah. going to release something to the world or tell the world about it. We might be in crunch time to get that ready to ship, but we also might be working longer term on something we know we're going to release six months mm-hmm. down the road. Because we can release more often, and we do release more often, and there's benefits and challenges that go with that. So if we're in the early stage of feature design, I might literally be at a whiteboard or with a pencil in my hand uh, in a meeting articulating what users' pain points are and where we are now and five different directions we could go with a particular feature. Sure, Uh, yeah. And if it's... You know, further on, we might be actually do. I might be actually doing pixel perfect mockups of that sort of thing, or we might be taking designs to users. We might be on the road in L.A. or New York and and meeting with studios such as Identity Visuals and and saying, 
saying, you know, here's where we think we've come to a solution that works for a lot of people. How does this feel for you? And we'll be getting feedback and testing. Yeah. Sometimes my day has someone like you here in the office sitting down and we're, we're talking about the, the software and how it works or we're tr testing a build you know, where they try it and they're like, oh, yeah, this this is awesome. Or, oh, this is bad, bad, you know. <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of um, variability to my job, which I like a lot. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, so, like, I am curious, do you guys, like, do you, uh, on that team, do you guys have a lot of people who are, like, I don't know, you're, you're making After Effects, but you, are you also using it kind of on a daily basis as well? Because I know you said that you used to um, be, you know, full, like a free time animator yourself and motion designer. Like a lot, are a lot of your team members like also animators? Um, not necessarily a lot of them are animators. A lot of them come from the audio and video world, though. We've got mm -hmm. some serious um, uh, people that know that they know the technology really well. And, and they love doing this stuff. So maybe they're shooting a little something on the side. Or yeah. we've actually got quite a few audio experts, and, and maybe they're doing some audio recording or recording a band or oh, nice. several musicians and, and that sort of thing. So maybe they're playing a gig on the weekends. Um, I probably animate more than most of them, or at least I used to. <laughs> it is, it's interesting. It's, I, that's one of the best things I can do as the product designer is use our tool the way our yeah. users use our tool mm -hmm. or even use our competitors or adjacent applications in the industry. Yeah. The, the more I put myself in your shoes, the better I am at doing my job. But, um, but the interaction design job takes a lot of time. And so sure. there's, there's a balance there. But you know, before Adobe, I've been at Adobe 10 years as of a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. That's, and, um, that's a pretty long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels like a long time in some ways, but it's it's gone by super quick. And honestly, yeah. most of the After Effects team, or at least a lot of them, have been here longer than that. Wow. P people love the team and they like working on it. They love the product, the industry. And so when I tell people outside of, you know, you know, I tell friends in the industry, you know, I've been on the same team doing what I do for 10 years. They, they're like, wow, that is a long time, dude. You sure that's a good idea career-wise and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, yeah, it's an awesome idea. And um, there's a reason yeah. people stay on this team. Well, that's awesome. But I, I, I don't know. You brought up something interesting. Like, I feel like you might have a very interesting perspective on this industry because, one, I mean, you, you've been in it for so long. Um, but you also like are kind of shaping the main tool that like the entire industry uses pretty much across the board at this point. I mean, and and you have an active shape in that in shaping that. And I don't know, like I'm sure some of that is like a reactive shaping, but it's also like proactive. Like I, I think that like what we're able to make a lot of time depends upon the tools that we have available to us. So absolutely like, true. And and it's so, like how. I don't know. Could you speak to that maybe perspective that you have? Sure. Um, when I go back and look at old work from the 90s, let's say, um, like in the 90s, I went to work for Electronic Arts making um, videos for PlayStation games, basically. So oh, you'd, nice. put, you'd put in NHL 98, you know, to play your hockey PlayStation video <laughs> game. And I created the you know, the intro video and the award videos and things like that. Oh, wow. No way. That's and, awesome. when, and when I got to Electronic Arts, you know, they literally had a discrete logic flame system and a flint and or a couple of those really high-end systems in a studio. 
And the methodology was when it comes time to do that sort of work, you book time in the studio and you go in and you be creative for your four hours or whatever it was. And it's <laughs> very expensive and it's a different, little different world. And I begged them to let me use After Effects for that sort of thing on the desktop where I could do it at work or at home or whenever inspiration struck, I could... I could try a little bit or I could just methodically work out little bits and pieces, you know, and take as much time as I needed. And that shaped the work I was able to do. And when I look back, I think, oh, yeah, that piece of motion is that way because I was on a Media 100 and I could do that quick on a Media 1, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, so your tools definitely shape what you're able to produce and how you produce it. I, I really feel that way. So... Yeah, that puts a big burden on us. Uh, one, be, it's a double-edged sword because I can see internally, oh, yeah, I wish we could do this feature and that feature and that feature. That would liberate this whole area of motion graphics if people had that built right into After Effects. But yet, we're a small team. We're lean. We've got to pick and choose very carefully where we spend our time and effort. Sure. And and so we don't get to put some of those cool things we think of into the product or that we see would be helpful. Uh, and we also sometimes feel like we're picking a segment. Who, whatever feature we build is going to help some users more than others. Yeah. And are, are we helping the hardcore After Effects users that are at the top of their craft? You know, mm -hmm. the specialist, someone like Sanders or someone else that's super good at what they do. Um, or are we helping people new to the field to get into it? Or are we helping visual effects artists that are primarily looking for um, beautiful film results that are a little yeah. different than what a motion graphic artist might need? So when we pick where we put our effort, we're also picking a user mm -hmm. and, and helping them more than others. So it's a huge balancing game. Huge balancing act there, but uh, yeah, how, how how do you do that? How do you decide where to spend your time? Because I mean, you only have so much resources, and you can only throw it, just like you said, at at certain certain types of audiences and users. Because I mean, you've got you've got three D users and two D and exactly. cell and frame by frame and illustrators that are you know just learning how to animate. But then you also have the video crowd. I mean, it's it's kind of incredible, and I imagine quite daunting. <laughs> Because, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. How do you pick? That, that seems so hard. That's honestly, it's one of the very hardest things for, for the team. And um, we sit down and talk about it often. And the process of prioritizing your backlog and what you're going to work on and when, um, that's been that, you know, someday when I'm grandpa and I leave, that'll be my one of my big takeaways is how software really gets built at this level. Mm. And it gets built by listening very intently to your industry and your people and not just listening to one or two loud voices, but listening sure. to lots of input and trying to see patterns and, uh, you know, a little bit of archetypes of what people really are saying and what they need at a bigger level. We also look at, you know, I draw three circles in a Venn diagram and in one of them is design. Can we build something that users want? And then another circle is the business aspect of it. Um, does it make sense? Is it viable? Can we make this and, and will people still buy it? Can, we, can yeah. we make this a real business? And then the other one is, is engineering and uh, testing. Can we build it at quality? Can we, can we really do this? Is it possible? 
And is it possible giving the time and resources? So all those things are in, in balance, or we're trying to put them in balance. And, and sometimes you'll push a little further into one area than the others and realize, okay, we got to go back. We got to back up and work on this and polish this a little bit. And, yeah. and that's just the nature of the beast when you're dealing with something as complex as After Effects. So do you guys maybe spend a lot of time talking about like, you know, where, where is the industry going? Like, what do we see? I don't know. What do we see people creating and then kind of react to that? Or, or is it a bit more like, let's look in the past and see, um, maybe like where people's pain points, or is it, is it a little bit of both? I don't know. Do you do a little bit of like maybe future casting is like where, what the yeah. trends are? Absolutely. Um, and, and it's not just our team that does that. You know, we love After Effects. We are building After Effects. But you've also got the business side of Adobe and the yeah. marketing side of Adobe and lots of people thinking, okay, how do, we, how do we grow as a company? How do we anticipate what our customers need five or ten years out? You know, over the last, what, since 2007-ish or 5-ish, you've seen YouTube just explode. Yeah. And, and video content online is just is just huge and so the the possible user base for these video tools is skyrocketed mm. and and these people don't have experience with a beta sp machine and they don't know the the history of video a lot of these people that are coming to our professional tools and so yeah. what's the definition of a video professional it's different than it sure. used to it used to be and do you guys do you keep keep track of that at all like do you kind of like have like a you know, like 10% of our, our users are like, you know, daily, like this is their life, right? They're in After Effects every day. And then maybe like, I don't know, have you seen like a big surge of just like first time users, like lots of people learning After Effects or? Yeah, good, good question. Honestly, I wish we had exact data built into the app that, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that could magically tell us, oh yeah, this guy's <laughs> been using After Effects for two days. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we could see their output. Um, but it, it's, it's all over the map. We're working on instrumenting more of that sort of thing so we can make decisions based on real data. But mm -hmm. we certainly are aware that the people that have been using After Effects for 10 years or 15, they're at the top of a, of a pyramid, and there's only so many of them. Yeah. Outside of that, you've got you know these craft people that make their living in it, and it's a little bigger than the pure specialists. But then you've got this giant group of people, so to speak, at the bottom of the pyramid who are making video and putting it online. And every single video you see online benefits usually from some basic graphics. Maybe that's only some titles and lower thirds or something, but mm -hmm. maybe it's a little more than that. And After Effects is the platform that you can make any sort of thing like that. And how do we take this powerful tool and make it accessible to more people like that, or at least to get the benefits of what you can do? And we've started to do some of that with putting we've made a great dynamic link with Premiere where people can get some of the horsepower of After Effects in Premiere. Maybe it's just a text template or a lower third or it's ways to expose what people create in After Effects in Premiere. That opens up kind of the power of After Effects to a whole class of editors and people that might not sure. jump into After Effects proper. And there's yeah. tons of other ways we could do that sort of thing. Uh, but to, to answer your question directly, yeah, we're constantly trying to figure out where is the industry going? What will people want from their video and motion graphics? Um, what's the business case for that? What's the engineering and the design case for that? And try to stay ahead of it and, you know, go to where the puck is headed rather than where it is right now. That's, that's not easy. 
Oh yeah, definitely. So I, I I'm curious how I, I don't know because it it can be you know used in After Effects every day. There are I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have a lot of opinions, right? Like I, you can go on Twitter <laughs> and, and see like. Like, oh, like After Effects crashed again today. This is the worst. Like, I lost all this work. And then and then there's people like, you know, like, man, like, this one feature, like, it would change my life, right? You know? Right. And, like, I feel like it can be, I don't know. Do you guys, like, hear a lot of that that kind of stuff? Like, how, how I don't know. Like, I feel like the community wants to be involved in, in shaping After Effects. And I know a lot of people are. And I and I know that uh, Sander Van yeah. Dyke, I don't know if you guys kind of checked out his, he made that really interesting like write-up with like all sorts of really well, I don't know, I thought they were really well thought out features. Like, do you guys, have you guys looked at that specifically? And do you, I know that, you know, Adobe responds to a lot of stuff on Twitter as far as like feedback. Uh-huh. I don't yes. know, do you guys deal with that so, stuff a lot? More than you would realize, more than you would think. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Sanders is my friend. We saw Sanders. Um, I was out in New York, saw him about a year ago exactly, and then he wrote that post what f- five, six months ago, maybe not even that long, three or four months ago. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, we were, it's brilliant. It's it's filled with passion and insight of someone who uses our app every day. And mm-hmm. we actually had Sanders get online here, and we put the whole team in a room and had him walk through some of that. Oh, uh, awesome! And yeah, then that's great. And then I saw him again up at Blend. Um, but it, it's, and Wait, it's not were just, you a, were you a blend? Yeah, I was totally at blend. So what? I didn't even see you there. Oh man. How did we not do, we, how did we not realize that? That's such a bummer. Oh, well, next it's, time. A, it's a total bummer. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I just got in a car and drove up to Vancouver cause it's close yeah, enough. That's awesome. Um, but it was outstanding. It was really fun. It was. It was super and fun. and we go to we go to those sorts of conferences. We interact with users every chance we get. We'll have people on our team on vacation, and we know they're on vacation, <laughs> and they'll literally text us and say, "Hey, I'm I'm pausing vacation for a minute, and I'm visiting so and so." Yeah, that's amazing. And because because we like doing this stuff, and we love to yeah. interact, so we interact with a ton of people. And some of them are very very vocal, others mm-hmm. are very quiet and super insightful. So you'll never hear what they're saying on Twitter yeah. or the social channels, but we'll have conversations with those people, and they're brilliant and insightful, and 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 we we learn a lot from a lot of different sources. And yeah, well, I'm curious. Anyway. What do you do with that? Like, what do you do with? I mean, there's just loads and loads of ideas just on Sanders' site in particular. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, I imagine like each one of those features would take weeks and weeks to to implement, and then you got to test it and all that stuff. Like, what do you do with that? Yeah, some of those things. Well, of course, we have a giant feature backlog of the requests we hear, which can be, yeah. you know, huge. And um, what does that look like? Is it just a giant spreadsheet of madness? Or yeah, think much bigger, huge, <laughs> huge database, multiple database uh, databases that we use to connect and track this different th- these different things. There's school. There's two schools of thought. You know, you can track everything and mm-hmm. keep it in a database and manage it and work hard to manage it. And the other school of thought is, if it's important, we will hear it awesome. We're not going to track anything. And what we hear will rise to the top. And, uh, you know, we do track it. We have a database. We keep track of these things. Like when I go to Adobe Video World a couple of weeks ago and spend a week with users, I come back and write, you know, a seven or eight page trip report and send it to the hmm. team and say, cool. you know, here's the trends I saw. Here's what I heard. Here's the people I talked to. And, and 
So we sh- try to share those experiences as much as we can with each other. Um, if, you know, two or three people got to go and the rest of the team didn't, we want them to hear what we learned. Yeah, for sure. So how, how then specifically can the community be involved in, in shaping After Effects, maybe especially those of us who don't necessarily have time to make a beautiful website with video examples and things like that? <laughs> those that don't have the, t- the Sanders uh, I don't I don't know how request. he had time to, to make that because that dude is ridiculously talented and must be insanely busy. But yeah, yeah, kudos he, to him. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. He's fast. Um, One of the best ways is to go to the Adobe forums, participate there, comment there, suggest there. Go to the the wish form where you can enter bugs or feature requests for any Adobe product, but specifically for After Effects. And, And... and every single one of those gets read, and they get forwarded around to the team. But every single one of those feature requests will be read by a core person on the team. It might be Tim, it might be myself, it might be Todd. Um, but we will look at those, and if they're explained well and articulated well, it goes further than you might ever realize. Yeah. That's and awesome. and we will contact those people, even bug reports, you know, yeah. uh, heaven forbid you, the app crashes for whatever reason, <laughs> yeah. submit that. Paul will read it, someone will read it, and if it has your contact information, you might get a call or an email saying, hey, can you send us the project? Hey, what were you doing in this situation? We mm-hmm. can make that better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I mean, every single time I've sent you guys a feature request or a bug report or anything, I've always gotten a response. Like almost, almost every like that day as well. It's been, it's been great. So kudos to you guys. That's it's been pretty fantastic. I'm glad but. to hear it. We hear a lot of chatter on the social, you know, the social world, mm-hmm. but f- much less gets put into an articulate feature request or a bug. But that's yeah. where where the action would actually happen much quicker. Uh, so yeah, that's a suggestion. And on a lo- on a local level, we see people interacting with local user groups and that sort of thing, and we try to go to those whenever we can. Those help other After Effects users and aspiring mm-hmm. After Effects users, and it builds the community. I've benefited a ton from that, you know, over the course of my career. Um, yeah. So I'm always that's impressed awesome. when someone will take the time to go to a local user group, show what they did, how they did it, help somebody learn. So I'm I'm a bit curious about like the future. I, I know that that you guys have got a lot kind of going on. Um, is, is there anything maybe you can kind of like share with us a little bit of, like what your maybe like long term like vision or future that you guys are kind of shaping After Effects into? Is there anything that maybe you could maybe give us a little bit sneak peek at or just as far as like general kind of thoughts? Because there's so much interesting stuff going on um, in the, the 3D space and and, yeah. and all, all kinds of stuff. Well, you know, over the past few years, you mentioned 3D and, and you've seen us take uh, some tentative steps into the world of 3D. People would often say, add 3D to After Effects. And yeah. that's like saying, hey, put a black hole in After Effects. It, it's just <laughs> so big. The possibilities yeah. Are, oh, yeah. are so unlimited. But, but honestly, I see more and more 3D work in motion graphic design and it's some of it's more subtle than others but there's a lot of 3d work even someone like ej um, is doing 3d work that looks 2d yeah for sure and so we've partnered with maxon in, in making these features that make us work better with uh, a 3d environment the the 3d tool that a lot of users tell us that that's what they use and yeah. and we're doing more and more with that and the future of, of that uh will be awesome 
uh, that's been one of one really fun experience of working here in the After Effects team is is working with Maxon on, on those integration features because it helps all of our users, it helps After Effects, it helps them. Uh, so yeah, there's a bright future f for that sort of collaboration. I think we'll do more and more of that. Cool. Um, yeah, that's great. One thing that I think we will will do more and more of when people ask me over, you know, the I've been using After Effects since the early 90s, since Dave yeah. and, and the guys built the product. And I've described it as a tool I trust. Um, and that at the heart of that trust is stability and performance. You know, it will do what I need it to do. I can trust that it's not going to die. And, 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 <laughs> and that's a big deal with software, especially yeah. when you're on a tight deadline and, and uh, it's a production situation. Um, some users tell us, don't add new features, just make mm. it work rock solid yeah. and perform as, as quickly and efficiently as possible. That's what they want. And, and so we're doing more and more things to make that even stronger than it has been in the past. Uh, and a lot of people are thrilled with that. Some people want everything they do in one tool. And while that's probably not realistic, that's, you know, uh, that's something people ask for sometimes, <laughs> especially as you, get, as you have new users come yeah. into the world of video. They're like, well, I don't want to learn Audition for audio and Premiere and After Effects. And, you know, just give me something that I can get from start to finish in a little sooner. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there's not. We're getting, certainly exploring how we can bring like a great example of that is adobe premiere we've taken some of the core most valuable features of speed grade the color correction stuff and put it into a beautiful workspace in premiere where you can get 80 percent of the key color correction tasks done very simply within premiere yeah that's awesome and could we do more to integrate motion graphics uh, into Premiere just to, exp like, let's say you're creating something that's awesome in After Effects. Could you expose more, more of that to Premiere, to an editor, and give them some control over it? Maybe. Mm. Uh, I think there's, I think there's yeah, some potential. Really there's yeah. some potential for that sort of thing. We've got the whole world of mobile devices barreling down the, you know, everybody's starting to use those. I was tweeting you the other day about iPad Pro. Yep, um, yep, yep. I've had all the iPads and I've never used them too much, but I've got the iPad Pro and I sketch like a madman on the thing. I'm using yeah. it hours a day. How do you like that? I'm really curious. I th I'm like really, <laughs> really want to get one. So all I've done literally with it is open their notes application <laughs> and sketch and take notes and draw and think visually. And yeah. I've used, you know, the 53 app or Sketchbook Pro or all of the Adobe mobile apps. Um, there's a lot of great apps for that sort of thing, and their pencil stylus is surprisingly accurate and good. I've been super, super impressed by it and used it a lot. But one thing I've noticed is that device is powerful, and a sur sure. and a Surface Pro or a Surface Book, these new Microsoft tools are powerful. They're quickly getting to the horsepower where they can do realistic things and production oh, yeah. tasks. So. Will those devices play a part in uh, performance capture or input or motion graphics? And I have to think yeah. they will in somehow, but it's it's not going to replace the heavy lifting After Effects workstation anytime sure. soon. But it, it's certainly on the horizon. Yeah, well, and, and especially just because it's a different input, like 
I don't know, it's a different different form of input, especially with the, the drawing aspect of it too. I, I think there's some really interesting possibilities there, especially. Yeah. I'm just like following some people on Instagram that are like sketching some amazing stuff on, on iPad right now and right. Like just as good as they, they do on like a Wacom or anything like that. Do you think there could be anything in the future for, you know, animation from Adobe on, on the iPad? Or for mobile, in the mobile space? Well, we've shown some previews of a little uh, project called uh, Maestro, which is exploring motion graphics on a mobile device. And we showed that a little bit at, um, we briefly showed it at Blend even. And then, yeah, and then cool. you know, so we've definitely got some thinking going into that sort of, sort of thing. Um, I'm a big sketcher and visual thinker, like draw it on paper. So I love anything to do with storyboarding. And in fact, when people ask me what I do for a living, I tell them I draw storyboards for software. Oh uh, yeah. Because that's, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of what I do. Yeah. But, and I see a trend in the, in the industry of more and more handcrafted animation. And maybe it's mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. frame by frame drawn stuff, or maybe it's more of a hand touched animation technique in some way but i see more and more of that Uh, yeah well especially with like i just saw that adobe re it's no longer called flash anymore because i know like some people at least this a little while ago used to use flash for all that frame by frame stuff and now it's what animate cc or something like that are you you involved with that at all um, I'm not involved with that, but yeah, we just recently, just because you asked me that, I'm, I'm totally blanking on the name now. <laughs> me too, uh, but I'm a- really curious animate. to see what happens with it. But uh, I'm not involved with that exactly, but if you listen to your podcast or, or, or one of um, Michael or Joey's or some of the other podcasts in the industry, you know, you'll hear people talking about their background and mm-hmm. and they got into a lot of them got into it via flash honestly yeah B- uh, motion graphics because of the the hand animation kind of thing and yes mm-hmm. we did rename it to animate sorry i'm blanking on that <laughs> um and it's you know targeting more of html5 stuff but but it is still used today by some brilliant artists to yeah, do f- sure. things like frame by frame animation. In fact, ten years ago when I was hired, that was you know Flash was the rage. Within a couple of weeks of me being hired, Adobe bought Macromedia, if you remember, and oh, there wow. and yeah. there was this big merge. And and at the time, I was thinking, okay, we are going to need to. In fact, at the time in my motion graphics work, I was doing this. I was exporting single layers of After Effects comps to put into Flash interactive experiences where you could turn on and off layers and interact with layers that may or may not be in motion. Yeah. And that whole interactive world. And Flash didn't pan out exactly like, you know, some people thought it would. But but there was still a lot of good principles there. Uh that I think we should do something with and could do something with and the industry values. Yeah. For sure. Well, especially because, like, I feel like a lot of people that I talk to and, like, even our studio, um, we're getting asked to do, like, you know, work on products, like work on apps and work on, like, websites and things like that. And it's, like, all of a sudden, you know, because animation is becoming more and more a part of all of those experiences. And, like, I feel like that's – I can't help but think that that's going to be a huge part of, like, our business and our work, like, in the future. Um, and And I'm sure you guys have thought about that as well on the After Effects team as far as like being ready for that. Cause I mean, that, that can be, I don't know, it can be challenging cause it's, it's quite a bit of a different world, but it, it definitely follows the same techniques and, and those projects definitely are, are benefited by having kind of an animator's mind um, on those kind of projects. Yeah, absolutely. I have loved some of the work 
that I've seen coming out of Google and how they're using animation. I mean, they're codifying it right into their design specs. They're using it brilliantly on the Android system, you know, like when you speak to the phone and it reacts to how you're speaking, letting you know it understood or it didn't understand, or they're using motion in beautiful, informative, helpful ways. Mm -hmm. And that motion is prototyped in After Effects for the most part. I noticed Adam is going to... um, Google, which Adam I, Pluff. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was awesome. Good for him. Congrats, Adam. If you're but, listening. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, awesome. I'm impressed with all the work they're doing there. But I have seen yeah. example after example. I get to meet a lot of After Effects users, and many of them have taken their skills into interface prototyping and design at big companies, from Google to Microsoft to Sony to lots of companies. And those things are are valued because they can visualize ahead of time what it looks like and someone didn't have to code it. And Mm -hmm. the second someone starts coding and putting code in behind those things, it's a little harder to change and they're a little more reluctant to change it. And you can explore things quickly and and beautifully in After Effects at, at, at some great fidelity. And, -hmm. and I see more and more of that. In fact, I did a little talk about that at After Effects world and, um, and I, I heard a lot of people afterwards say, we're absolutely seeing more, more of that from our clients, whether it's prototyping and an iPad app or whatever. Yeah. And um, so how will After Effects be used in that world? Uh, it's already being used a lot in that world. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of it is just doing what After Effects does well. It choreographs and animates elements and lets you visualize things. So a lot of our core features are still very applicable, but might there be other things we could do? Yeah. Would people love to get their motion curves out of After Effects in a code form or something that they could implement in code? Yeah, they would. So we're certainly looking at that, uh, the demand for that and how that would best work. And <laughs> it's on the list, like I say, the giant the giant. <laughs> it's on list. that giant list, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Well, we try to end each episode kind of with the same four questions. Um, I might have to tweak them a little bit because I, I don't know. We've we've never had someone with your type of role on on the show before. But so no our problem. first our first one is who is your dream client? And I and I know you don't really have clients, so maybe let's turn it into like a maybe this dream might be too project. big of a question. Yeah, like or what is your dream project, or even like what is your dream kind of for After Effects, like in general. Wow. The dream for After Effects. That, that's a big one. Um, yeah. The dream project would involve um, story. I, I love good story. And, and we think of building these products and features here at Adobe in terms of the user story. Yeah. Um, but I also love a good narrative story that teaches and informs and something that involved a lot of story, a lot of handcrafted animation and sketching. I'm a big fan of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, hand-touched things. Uh, and, and honestly, the combination of the two, there's some things computers can do brilliantly and some things they're really bad at. And yeah. when one can leverage the other and work together, I like those sorts of projects. I also yeah. like working with people that lift me and, you know, make me smile and make me think. <laughs> and they're just flat out better than me. So that's luckily there's most people in the world are like that. And, and I learn from them. So I would like to, I like to do more of that. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, do you have any side projects or personal projects kind of going on in the background or does a uh, stuff at Adobe kind of take up most of that time? Um, it takes up a lot of it, but, but absolutely. I, 
you know, I, I have loved having a good DSLR that can get cinematic results, and I've got some super cinematic-looking home movies that most of the world will never see, but <laughs> when I spend money on that, my wife's like, uh, that's, uh, that's not good, Troy. And I'm, but then, you know, five years later, she's like, oh, I'm so glad you have that video. And, but, um, yeah, I take time on those things and edit them and color correct them and... and <laughs> That's awesome. And anytime we sit down as a family, I can click on Vimeo Pro and pull up all the home movies. And I'm like, I'm proud of yeah, that, yeah. you know. And <laughs> so I do a lot of those things and, uh, and sometimes some external stuff, but uh, not a lot. I love teaching. I love the whole online learning trend. When I see stuff like School of Motion or MoGraph Mentor or Mountain MoGraph, or yeah. all these sorts of things, I'm a huge so fan cool. of that. Yeah, I'm yeah. like. I, I'm going to go take every one of them, I think, just to engage <laughs> with the users. And and um, at times I have taught on the side, um, like a local oh, cool. community yeah. class or something like that. When I was at Indiana University working on my master's degree, I taught undergraduate classes. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. And I, I liked that. I, I really liked the educational part of it. So I might, I might do more of that in the future. Very cool. All right, next question. So what is your favorite animated film? Oh, I knew that was coming and I forgot. <laughs> Dang. Um, so honestly, one of my favorites of all time is uh, The Incredibles because I like the action. I like the story. I like Brad Bird's direction. Brad Bird. I like, so good. I like this idea of, of, of a family with different straits and, and coming together when it matters. I... I love that there's a moment in the film, they're in the forest, the bad guys are coming, and they strike this pose where the dad's in front with his hands up, and, and everybody's using their own strengths. Hmm. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. uh, that's just this iconic moment yeah. for me. Um, and, and shortly after that film was made, I went to Pixar once, I walked in the doors, and they had a life-size or bigger-than-life-size statue of that exact pose. That's awesome. And th- that was meaning. That was meaningful to me. So yeah, I, I really, I really like that one. So right now, I'm picking that one. Plus, I know that a lot of the animatics and storyboards were all pre-visualized in After Effects. And oh wow, the That's pencil sketches. Yeah, they're amazing animatics. I've seen them. They, they're not all online. I haven't been able to find them. But um, but wow, they were great. They were in motion. It looks like you're watching the movie in pencil, but it was, you know, sketched in Photoshop and animated in After Effects. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad for that. There's actually a there's a, a blog I, I look at very often, like when I'm, I'm storyboarding. It's on a website called Flubie Newbie, but they go through the cinematography of The Incredibles um, and just talk about like every type of shot that's in the film and like basically how it's a master class of like just how to frame a film, like from just a cinematic perspective. And it's, it's incredible. I'll, yeah. I'll shoot you a link after we're done and we'll put it in the show notes. But that, that film is just so many like incredible like just such attention to detail and like just such well-crafted shots it's it's amazing totally agree i've been there a few times to pick to pixar and i would love to go back just because i like those yeah i've never been but that is certainly a a thing on my to-do list but absolutely all right so what what do the people you love think you do so like maybe your your parents or or I, I don't know, like distant yeah. relatives or something like that. Like, do they? Do you think it's it? They have a pretty good grasp on it. Yeah, I I tell them a lot. At least my immediate <laughs> family, they tell me to shut up because I talk about it too much. But <laughs> yeah. I, I have a girl that's going to turn fifteen shortly, a twelve-year-old, and then a six-year-old boy. 
Okay, yeah. And so my six-year-old boy, he probably thinks I make Saturday morning cartoons or something like that because <laughs> yeah. when stuff like that comes on the TV, I'm like, hey, that was done in After Effects. I'm sure of it. Or yeah. I know it was because I know the guys that made that. Or <laughs> So they get, re- cool. they get really yeah. tired of me pointing that stuff out. Like right the last two nights, my two older daughters, they've been watching, uh, you know, Star Wars again, getting ready for the new movie. And so I pause it on the credits and I'm like, hey, that's Stu. I know Stu. And they're just like, dad, (laughs) shut up. Be quiet. (laughs) Man, I feel like I would be like, that's so cool. But yeah, yeah, they know I design software. They see me doing it. Once in a while I'm working from home and and they'll come in and look and I'll just show them, you know, "This this is this. And when you click this, it takes you here. And I try to explain it. And, and I often, like I say, use that phrase, I, I storyboard software. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So as an aside, are you and, the, you and the family all going to see Star Wars this weekend? Unfortunately, I do not have tickets. And, and it's, yeah, it's killing me. Um, <laughs> a couple of people have, I think some guys at Adobe have actually bought out a theater. And, are you serious? And That's are amazing. raising money for charity, you know, so they're charging a little more, but you get to see yeah. it on opening weekend or something. So I, I may get in on that, but yeah, looking forward to that. I remember being 14 or 15 years old and seeing, that tells you how old I am, and seeing <laughs> Return of the Jedi 14 times in the theater. And No, you did not. Did you actually go 14 times? Not Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I, okay, saw, it, yeah. I saw it 14 times in the theater. What? Big That's inf- amazing. I mean, it's influence. definitely the best one, but... That's yeah, awesome. big influence on me. So last question for you. What animal did you choose for your animalator and why? <laughs> so the animalator animation that you do not have yet. Yes. Um, um, it's going to be a horse. And um, why a horse? Um, I like the historical tiebacks to filmmaking and, and Edward Mybridge. But um, I grew up with horses. My grandpa was a cowboy. I oh, no was. Way. I grew up right on the border of Arizona and Utah in a little tiny town called Kanab, Utah, maybe 3,000 people. And yeah, we always had horses and cows, and I was on a horse a lot. And yeah, that was just part of growing up. So um, yeah, they're well, I'm beautiful. looking forward to seeing it. That's awesome. <laughs> It'll be pretty simple. But, well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, to find out more about Troy, head to his website at troychurch.com or follow him on Twitter at tchurch. Thanks, Troy. Thank you very much, and keep up the good work. It's yeah. wonderful for me to sit and listen to these great conversations you've got with, with some cool people, and I'm honored to be uh, included. Thanks. Animalators is produced by Form and Function. You can find out more about them at formandfunctionmedia.com. Our theme music was written and produced by Cody Fry. To learn more about what we're doing at Identity Visuals, check out identityvisuals.com or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. And don't forget to check out animalators.com to see Troy's Animalator and to get bonus content from the show. And if you haven't already done it, go subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You guys helped us get on the homepage of iTunes in the new and noteworthy section of podcast this week. So thank you so much for your support. Uh, it means a lot to us. Thanks for listening, for subscribing, and for writing your kind reviews, and for telling others to listen to this podcast as well. Of course, you can also listen to us on SoundCloud, and as always, don't forget to connect with us and others in the design and animation community on Twitter. Follow us at Animalators. 
We're going to take the next two weeks off for Christmas and New Year's, so I hope you all have a great holiday, and we'll see you guys back here in a few weeks to start off the new year with another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. <laughs>